and Brad, the two most famous physical therapists on the internet. Hi folks, Brad Heinick, physical therapist. I'm Chris, the pharmacist. And I'm exactly one half of the most famous physical therapist on the internet. In your opinion, of course. That's right. But today we're fortunate enough to have Bob off and Chris, the pharmacist, on. Uh, we've got a very serious su- subject to, ta- or to cover. Uh, we probably won't get... That, that'll be the humor probably not for the whole video. I think that's the extent of it. Exactly right. The title of the video is Fibromyalgia. Uh, have pain, fatigue, brain fog, memory loss. Those are all typical symptoms. Uh, we're going to go through four steps to success to help manage and overcome these uh, problems associated with this uh, syndrome. Fibromyalgia is a very uh, painful, develop- debilitating condition. Absolutely. And if you have it, you've been diagnosed, you're very well aware of this. Uh, it's oftentimes in some specific parts of the body across, I'm, I'm not going to go through the points because they do have a mapped out the most common locations in the body, but typically uh, the upper back in the chest around the hips and waist. And I may be missing some that you may be suffering from, but uh, it's a chronic condition goes on and it's uh, really life changing. Um, so yes. uh, we have done research on it. We both have patients over the years uh, that have this uh, and we came up with uh, a four step guide that you can vary from because everyone does not treat yeah. fibromyalgia in the same manner. It's not a uh, cookie cutter no, uh, no thing. Uh, no Chris, do you want to uh, step in so I can quit talking so much? Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, fibromyalgia, it's, you know, it's not even really a disease state. It's much more of a syndrome. I mean, so when we think about it, it's a, it's many, many different things. And mm-hmm. oftentimes when patients have the diagnosis of fibromyalgia, you know, it was, it was arrived almost backhandedly like a process of exclusion. So doctors, you know, it takes average of five years just to hit the diagnosis in most cases. And you're talking about, you know, Two to three, uh, two to three percent of the population, about seventy to ninety percent women. Okay. Uh, so I mean, this is some unique facts about fibromyalgia, and and you know, really, oftentimes when they come in, they present with pain, and they just don't know why. Sure. But you know, the doctors to try and there's not a set test for it either, which makes it so darn frustrating to diagnose as a clinician. Sure. And it makes it really really hard on the patient because they're just waiting for an answer. I think so many times when we get an answer, it's nice to start to turn the page and work on the healing process. Or, sure. You know, and that's so, so darn hard. So you know, your doctor will rule out other arthritis form conditions. I mean, we can you'll see strange things that pop up like IBS, inflammatory bowel syndrome. IBS. Uh, inflammatory bowel syndrome. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. So basically, you know, constipation diarrhea type dominant side effects with a lot of pain in the tummy and you know with with that respect you know you're like well are we treating one thing i mean are we looking for an elephant and it should be a giraffe kind of thing and they just don't know where it goes well i still have these symptoms but you know i'm hurting here hurting there every time i'm I'm in pain for every second of the day from the moment i wake up to the point where i go to bed and you know and then your you know friends and family will be like why are you always hurting all the time and you know then you know, so for ultimately when they get the diagnosis, then I think the healing can begin. And I think we have lots of things that we can kind of start to share right. to try and help to make sure right. it's not a hopeless condition. It's something that we can go into remission and we can move forward and have very happy, effective lives. So there's lots of good things that we can do to help people. Right. It, it, that can be the challenging part. Uh, I, I did want to mention, um, as far as from a therapy standpoint, when I, when I look at it with, with people is uh, part of the explanation of the pain is, you know, these muscles will 
tighten up in these painful areas. And, and when a muscle tightens up, uh, there's less circulation because the muscle's uh, up, tightened up like a ball, a, a real uh, knotted area, and blood cannot circulate in that near as well as a relaxed muscle. It's like a sponge. It can absorb the, the blood and uh, the nutrients and everything, the oxygen that fresh blood provides. And we want to get rid of the waste, the waste products. And that's kind of a, you may not have heard that term uh, thinking in your muscles, but the waste products being carbon dioxide, uh, lactic acid, and these things when they build up create that pain. pain. In that, so getting to be able to relax uh, it can be a big part of of this. But uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Um, so again, oh, I, the point I wanted to bring up, Chris, is this is kind of like back pain, although it's different, but in the way that you look normal. I mean, yep. there's no, it's not like you have a broken arm. You, you, you look, you look healthy, but you've got this pain that the average person is not familiar with it. Who's nope. ignorant of fibromyalgia. They don't understand. No, I mean, and that's, that's one of the biggest, I think one of the biggest tragedies of fibromyalgia is we all look perfectly normal if we're suffering from it, right. except for the fact that we're not because we're feeling so miserable. I mean, what we think is that it was probably brought on by, a, you know, it could have been a, a stress event, a traumatic event. So whether it's a car accident, stress, an infection. So we don't really know the, the nexus event that caused it. And we know that it runs in families. So we don't really know. But what we think we understand right now is it seems to be nerve transmission is problem. So if you think of your nervous system as a series of highways, mm -hmm. something's not right with that. And when we talk about the pain points and the, you know, like there's at least 18 of them, I think that they look at pretty routinely, yeah. but I think there may be others as you alluded to. Um, but what happens is, is that let's say we're listening to the radio and we like it loud. We're rocking out, we're driving, it's on 10. Well, your pain, if you have fibromyalgia, is easily an 11 or higher. Mm -hmm. So it goes beyond that. And just simple things like if you went in for a massage or, you, you know, you just hit your arm on a door and, and that one of those tender spots, yep. it puts you through the roof. Sure. And, and so it's, and it's not a normal response. Like for anybody else, it gets, you know, it's just a little slap and you're like, why did you almost want to drop to your knees or actually sure. have tears in your eyes? You know, and it's a very real pain. I mean, it doesn't, just because it doesn't look bad, it's bad. Right. And right. so, you know, we go through a lot of different things to treat these and we'll, we'll jump into those as yep. we go forward. Uh, so what I did, I went to, uh, I wanted to find a, because, you know, I'm not a fibro specialist. Uh, so I went to uh, Adrian Lau. He's a physical therapist. He's got his PhD in pain. He treats people with fibromyalgia on a regular basis, and he does research, and he has dedicated his life uh, to pain, people with chronic pain. Uh, we've had him on our show. Actually, he in, lives in Iowa, not too far from here. Yeah, right down um, the yeah. and uh, he's a, just a heck of a nice guy. You can just tell he is life is, you know, this is his passion. Uh, so he does have a book specific, specifically for fibromyalgia. He has them for other chronic uh, ailments as well, painful ailments. Uh, the name of his book is Your Fibromyalgia Workbook. Uh, it's not, it's, it's made for the lay person. Yeah, so you can go everybody. through. Um, but one of the things I, I wanted to bring it down into, uh, and I heard this from him and I, I got this from him, Break it down into the most simplest areas to address for pain. And so there was uh, sleep. Yep. Okay. You've got a critical. Yeah. As opposed to going after this painful uh, 
condition as a whole, break it down into four. One is sleep. Uh, next one is understand your pain. Try to get a better understanding of why it, you know, because people come out with, after they see the doctor, or maybe someone else, they say, well, they think it's just all in my head, which is the farthest no. from the truth. No, no, and, no. and you're not going to progress uh, if you don't understand it a little bit better. Um, and he does a really good job. I've watched some, you know, talking to him and I'm, on his uh, videos or his way to communicate that the patient is, is really good uh, as opposed to coming across in a real technical manner. He comes across in a personal manner so you can relate to it. Uh, and then exercise or motion. Uh, I'm gonna show you a little, a way to work into movement because most people with fibromyalgia don't wanna move because no, it hurts. The pain is so extreme. Right, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, I know I should be moving, but it hurts worse. And so there's some ways to work through that. Um, and then we are going to uh, touch also on some diet at yep. the end. We're not dietitians, but no. we can give some good general uh, oh, rules for that. Absolutely. Did I miss one? No, I think no, I think we'll start with sleep. And yeah, we'll and that's what uh, Dr. Lau said. If you can get take, get your sleep under control. That's half the battle right there. Absolutely. Uh, and it's not easy because we have people having problems with sleep without pain because sure. of other issues. Oh, absolutely. Um, do you want to talk about some sleep? Well, we, you know, we can't, I mean, you know, sleep is, you know, one of the, the hallmarks of fibromyalgia is the fatigue and they're just all, not only they're in pain all the time, but they're always exhausted. I mean, they're talking like just bone weary tiredness. Sure. So you just, you're just dragging tail every moment of every day. And, and so how do we, how do you fix that when you're sore, painful, tired? I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's just, it's, it's, it's just a very frustrating point. So one of the things that we can do to try and gravitate towards better sleep is, well, I always call it sleep hygiene, but there's other ways of looking at it. But I sure. think that it's, you know, there's some basics with sleep that whether you have fibromyalgia or anything else um, are just keys to getting a better night's rest. Cause if we get a, everything falls through from sleep in a lot of cases. So if we can get the rest, our bodies begin to heal. Yep. Things calm down. You get some better that your nervous system seems to settle out. So we'll kind of see that as we talk, but really the reality of it is, is to go to bed. You want to have a nice quiet setting. Mm -hmm. You want a dark, dark room. Uh, you want to be putting away your iPhones, your iPads, your laptops. Uh, probably don't even remember to be watching TV because there's these your phones and your iPads and, and computers reflect that blue light right and that's stimulating to the brain and that keeps us awake to begin with which ironically is kind of strange because a lot of people oh, i'm just relaxing playing a little you know keyboard sudoku or words even of friends on, or whatever even on your cell phone there's enough blue light correct effect. okay you know and some of them now have recognized that i know that with apple they do have a, a dimming setting so sure. it's certainly something that i would encourage to take yeah. advantage of even as you're approaching bedtime but we'd still encourage you for an, putting all the uh things away yep. so that you're heading into bed in a quiet, relaxed manner. Right. So we want to have same set time. So you want to have a same bedtime and you want to try and establish the same wake up time. Sure. Too. Some consistency. So that you're getting a nice around the clock chronologically. You just want to have that same set. Time. I mean, ideally seven or eight hours. Sure. Some people need a little bit more. So, you know, you, you'll, you know, your body and you know what you need. Yep. Um, but so you want that quiet time. Um, I think white noise is actually important for a lot of people because, and what is white noise? You thought, well, it's not a color, but it's, it's just kind of a weird kind of a yeah. kind of noise so like a fan that's what we use a fan just works use a fan. phenomenal yep. and it's actually there's lots of studies outside of 
this, what we're talking about, that actually shows that white noise just relaxes the brain. And when you look at the brain waves and the delta waves and all the things that they're looking at with sleep specifically, you just get a deeper level of sleep. Sure. And so it does help to promote that healthier sleep. Um, and, and, you know, you want a kind of a cool room. You don't want a real hot right. room. Right. So your one. body, is as the temperature slows down, heart rate slows down, you promote deeper sleep. So which we head into REM, which is actually one of the restorative parts for our brain, sure. but also our body we're learning. So there's a lot of fascinating things yeah. with sleep that oftentimes we don't, we take for granted really, because yeah. you, know, you go to bed. I, I just want to say, I just read a book over uh, a few months ago by Sean Stevenson, uh, and it's about sleep. If you look up uh, the author, Sean Stevenson, I, what is it? Um, I can't remember. It's just, the title is very obvious. It's about sleep. He had some really, the whole book uh, talks about things. One of the things he was so specific on having a dark room yep. is if you need light to be able to see your time, uh, get it in red. Yep. If you need a nightlight, get a red nightlight uh, so you don't trip over. Uh, there's something about red that does not produce the same yeah. as it the melatonin in the yep. in the brain. Yeah, to blue keep you blue is stimulating and and red red actually it's interesting because it doesn't throw off a lot of effects. So if your partner's there too, it doesn't annoy them. You know, sure. it just doesn't reflect. Yep. That's why the military uses it to read their maps and things. And sure. Too, but yep. lots of studies on okay. those wavelengths. Uh, I want to get to the next number. Uh, understanding some understanding of of the pain. But before you do that, uh, medication for sleep, yeah. that's your specialty? Yeah. Well, well, I, I dispense it. It's not my specialty. But I, <laughs> I can tell you a lot about them. But yeah. the reality of it is, is, you know, sleep does not come easily to millions and millions of Americans. Right. And when you're talking about, you know, like three to five million Americans with fibromyalgia, sleep is one of the things that's a challenge to achieve. So there's a lot of different ways that we can approach falling asleep. We've talked about some of the basic mechanistic things that we can do, but sometimes we need pharmaceutical help. Not always. I mean, sometimes it can be something as simple as melatonin. Uh, for some people, you can sure. get it through foods like raspberries and pineapple or cherries. Uh, so some people like that because it also gives you other healthful nutrients. And right. It also helps to stimulate that sleep about 30 minutes before you want to lay down. Uh, otherwise, we have to use medication. So something like uh, trazodone, which is an old school antidepressant, which isn't much of an antidepressant, but interesting with fibromyalgia, it has unique capabilities because it works on some of those neurotransmitters, sure. which when we talk about fibromyalgia as being kind of a, that highway disorder where the nerves are firing improperly, yeah. um, it raises serotonin and, and some dopamine and, and norepi levels to try and help to improve transmission. But the benefit for people that can't sleep is it just makes you doggone tired. Sure. And so it helps you to sleep and get more fitful sleep. But there's other drugs that we can use. I mean, the, you know, the, the Z drugs, which we did a video about oh, yeah. a while back. So you talk about like Zolp, them is probably one of the more common ones, but as a Pyclone. And so oh, the big picture drugs is uh, my pharmaceuticals for sleep is not going to be a long-term. No, we fix. hope that you can naturally do it on your own because yeah. there's really no substitute for it. I mean, when it comes down to pharmaceuticals, yeah, we're a society, America is in a society of better living through chemistry, but if yeah. we can do it without its best, right. I'm telling you that as a pharmacist, uh, but I, I, I mean, if you can, you can, but if you can't, you can't. Right. And, and those of you that know that you just can't sleep, you understand it and you realize the need for these medications. Obviously your doctors do, and they do sure. a very good job of trying to diagnose and, and they'll try and mitigate where they can. It depends on the circumstance. Everybody's you know, case of fibromyalgia specifically is different. So if yeah. you had it and I had it, we'd have two totally different stories yeah i should have said this you know if sleep quality is not a pro is not one of your biggest problems I mean, you could probably skip this section but it's probably it's no, probably it is, part of everything it. stems from that well 
fitful night sure. of rest. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that, and, it, and it's hard to achieve that. We have, that's why you want to go into a pattern. And that's why it's so important to going forward that if we have this diagnosis of fibromyalgia, that we learn to make some of these lifestyle changes so that we can go forward. Sure. Yep. So for sure. Okay. So let's go on to the next uh, topic, understanding why you hurt. I know from my point of view, my understanding as far as the physical part, I, I talked about tight muscles. We need to get them relaxed so we get the blood flow. Um, I'm going to show you uh, an exercise uh, warm-up that actually you could do before you go to bed. It may help you relax so you can sleep better. Um, but I, I think the best, uh, as far as I'm concerned, my advice is to go to an author like Adrian Lau, read some of his information, uh, YouTube you know, his name, see, and, and listen to how they talk about these experts that have studied it and, and dedicated their life to it. Uh, I know one of the analogies he talks about is, uh, and it, it's a lot better coming from him, but he talks about that pain. Uh, you know, it's there and you, you know, it's so uh, painful. And he relates that to a lion coming into the room. Like if you get tapped and you have that pain, you know, he says, you know, there's that big line and, and there's that fear response. Oh, sure. Um, and he, if you can work it out so that uh, that big line coming in the room, getting that flight or flight, help me out, fight or F flight. Fight or flight. <laughs> fight or flight response. Uh, if you can get that big line down into a little uh, cub. Sure. Cub so that that fight or flight uh, response settles down as well. And that's one of those things that is easier said than done. Again, that's why from an expert, it's going to feel, it's going to make more sense than for me. Well, and I think that's why his workbook is so important. I think for a lot of people, yeah. I think it, it gives nice, easy to read steps that are going to allow them to relate to their day-to-day -day sure. activities. And, and so, you know, one of the things that they talk about also is cognitive behavioral therapy, and it's kind of an understanding of the condition. And I think the more we know the more we can cope with things more effectively. Sure. And whether it's more of a CBT kind of cognitive behavioral therapy thing, where we reach out and we get that understanding for why we're hurting, when we understand the why, and whether it's writing down some things within what Adrian sure. has done with the workbook. I mean, it, it definitely helps us when we have that understanding, it allows us to accept it and make it become part right. of us. And so we can face it more easily without the fear right. and the frustration that is associated with it. Uh, I think I do want to also mention you. You said there was a, a patient of yours had chronic low low back. This pain. is a chronic pain, but yes, yeah. But he used Adrian one of his books. one of his workbooks specifically, yeah. and he completely is opioid free now. Got to be close to eight years now. Oh, so and then he was a, a strong, strong opioid user, uh, and and he just knew that he was to a point in his life where like, I can't keep doing that, and he's actually having other subsequent side effects as a result of that. Sure, which you know just to briefly touch on. You know, with fibromyalgia, there's a lot of drug therapies that we do do. One of the, when, when, when I, over my career, I've been doing this for 26 years, fibromyalgia just kind of came out in the mid nineties when I started coming out sure. of school. And, you know, one of the things, you know, doctors weren't quite, they just figured out, well, we got this thing, we put this label on it and it's fibromyalgia and it's pain, it's chronic pain. So what do we do? Well, we treat them with opioids. Yeah. Well, we've found out that that is the last thing on earth mm -hmm. you want to do um, simply because they're addictive. And the reality of it is, is what do pain medications do? They just make you not care about the pain. The pain is still there. So when we're treating FM patients, you know, a, a lot of it's going to come down to sleeping well, 
uh, we're going to talk about exercise and things yep. that shortly. But you know, the medications that we rely on are going to be antidepressants uh, and maybe muscle relaxants. Sure. You know, so those are the things that help to bridge and improve neuronal transmission, that highway. Sure. So things like pregabalin, uh, things like Civella, which is menilsepram, or things, you know, any of the antidepressants, but duloxetine or right. Cymbalta specifically are indicated directly for FM. Sure. And so what I want to go, should we jump right into the, I think segue so. into the yeah, exercise? Yeah, let's go into the exercise. So exercise, and, and Chris, we've talked about this, as a pharmacist, you're saying exercise seems to be the way to go versus drugs. Drugs, right? Absolutely. Um, and again, we talked about the pain gets worse with exercise. So why do I want to exercise? So I want to show you, uh, this is from a fibromyalgia patient. She's actually a doctor. And I kind of modified a little bit from my therapist background yep. before you exercise. And I'm talking about exercise as simple as a mild walk, because oh, that yeah. can really be uncomfortable. Yeah, do this... the warm up. The warm up, I'm going to recommend. Oh, wait, hold that. Uh, that's, I think it's down here. Uh, and, and this is one thing I do with my back in the morning. I got uh, spondylolisthesis. If I try to warm up in a standing weight bearing position, it is uncomfortable. It's not fun at all. So I lie down on my back and it just changes them. Your muscles are much more relaxed. Same with yeah, gravity. Yeah, exactly. So you don't have to fight gravity. So you're going to lie down. You can do this on your bed. Uh, it might be better on, you know, a carpeted floor, but it depends on how you feel about getting down onto the floor or not. Uh, but it's, Thing you're gonna start out with a deep breath. Everything should be quiet. You know you're not gonna have your dog licking your face or you know kids running around. It's gonna make a problem. Yeah, and take a deep breath. Two or three deep breaths in your nose and out your mouth. And they talk about meditation. If you can meditate, yep. anything to allow the nervous system to settle down and relax. Uh, we're gonna start with the feet and probably shoes off. I'm not gonna take mine off for the video. Uh, you, you can do it with the shoes on. Uh, and you're gonna do, you know, five to 10 ankle pumps. You can do more if you'd like. Allow them feet to relax. We'll get that circulation going. Everything is relaxed. You're gonna take your time. And we're gonna go to single knee to chest. And everything is just in slow motion. I'm gonna go down to two or three motions for the video. You do as many repetitions as you'd like to and let it go down slow go to the other knee and you may find one leg or one arm when we get to the arms is more painful than the other just take your time with it read your body um, get used to it then we're going to go both knees up and bring them up help it out stretch here get that low back and those hips in the back you'll feel those muscles stretch take your time with it if if it's too uncomfortable, skip that stretch and go to the next one as we go on here. And then in this position, relaxing again, and I call them windshield wipers. Every time I have a patient, say, I say windshield wipers because I say hip rotations. It, it doesn't make as much sense. And it's like windshield wipers go back and forth. If it's painful one direction, don't go that way. Go the other direction a few times and then bump into the other painful direction. And it may get better as a result of going the other direction. Um, do it as appropriate as your body allows. Okay. Uh, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to go up to the arms. And here we're just going to do shoulder flexion as tolerated. If you want to bring both hands together, if that helps, that may be. 
the thing to do if one arm is weaker or has more pain, let the other one help so it relaxes it more. Uh, whatever works out best for you, okay? These are the nice kind of a push-ups you can do with fibromyalgia. It's just I call them air push-ups. I used to do these when I was in karate, just as part of a warm-up, and it was kind of a fun way to do push-ups. Get those shoulders going. Yeah. Okay. And then out like snow angels, just bring your arms out to the side and bring them up as far as you feel comfortable. Okay. And then we're going to go into the shoulders and squeeze the shoulder blades back and down, and then you can make your circles. You know, if you don't feel comfortable doing it this way, you'll find out we're going to get up. And oftentimes people find it better in a seated or standing position where you get those shoulders. Again, because a lot of the pain is going to be up in those shoulders and you need to relax. And throughout this whole thing, we're always thinking about relaxed, deep breathing. And then, you know, this might be a good uh, warm up for either bed or for going out and doing your walk or whatever Absolutely. your exercise program is. What kind of exercise programs are there that, that you have found in your research? That well, you are... know, it's actually, I think it's, it comes down to what you can commit to mm -hmm. and what you enjoy, what makes you happy. Yep. And, and so, I mean, some of the things that, you know, when we have fibromyalgia and we're in that much pain, uh, you know, we want to do something simple. So it might just be a walk to the mailbox for your first go round. Sure. And so, and then we just progressively add to it. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that you can't go out and enjoy weightlifting, aerobics, kayaking, biking, swimming, hiking. I mean, there's just so many things that you can do, but we have to realize that we have to kind of that know thyself. Yeah. Um, you got to know when you're overdoing it. So, and, and it might, and you might find as you early on, particularly, you, you might not know what you can get away with and what you can't, and sure. it might set you back a few days. You know, what might, might be something where, yeah, we have a little bit of mild soreness or stiffness from exercise, like we all kind of experienced. The FM patient it can be much more severe. We're like, sure. I can't get out of bed. I just, that just smoked me. Yep. And so we wanted to ease into it. So short walks, gradually building up, maybe gradually building an in intensity. But when we start those workouts, like your warm up that you just showed, I think could be done with just about anything. Sure. I think that would probably apply to that. Yep. Um, and then when we start, you don't want to, you don't want to start out sprinting right away. Right. You know, you start walking, maybe at a slight little jog, if that's something that motivates you, but just, you know, maybe it's mailbox to mailbox. Right. And, and that impact, I, I have a feeling a lot of people, most people don't like to jog. No, and it doesn't have to be. I mean, it can be yoga. It can be Tai Chi. And it's actually, they've done very extensive studies and things like yoga and Tai Chi because of this and, and Pilates specifically. You with fibro patients? With fibro patients. Okay specifically um they actually have and they actually show by the like yoga in particular you have these poses that we hold and and, and such they also work on the flexibility which does a phenomenal job for those sure. muscles which yeah. again i'm preaching more in your church than i am mine but <laughs> that's all right but at the same time I, they've shown to be very very effective i think a lot of times too um you always hear the uh, phrase misery loves company. I think that, you know, look out for groups. A lot of places now we belong to the YMCA locally where we go. Um, and actually within those organizations, they have groups for fibromyalgia patients. Sure. I would encourage you, whether it's, let's say you're going to Mike's gym or whatever, see if they've got a fibro board where just, where they have other people with like problems 
where you can talk to people and see what worked for them. How did they start? What, what yep. helps them? Maybe you can share your experiences. And a lot of times when we talk about things, all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, you know, this worked really well for Mike and, you know, I'm, I'm going to try it. Right. You know, and I think there's some positivity. Put some light at the end of the yeah, tunnel for Yeah, put some you. positivity in there. And I think the one thing we have to know is, you know, if you accidentally overdid it, just realize that this is this is baby steps, and we have to work towards a goal. And that sure. goal is getting back out there and not letting the disease control or the syndrome controlling our life. Right. We're going to take control. And one of the biggest things that we can do, number one, in my opinion, after sleep, I guess we call it number two, <laughs> would be getting that proper exercise because we need to help make those nerves and muscles work together. Mm -hmm. And when you're stronger by even just simple things as walking or just yoga, Pilates, Tai Chi, swimming, biking, whatever you choose, uh, I think goes a long way to helping improve those symptoms. And also not only that, when we fatigue the body, we sleep better at night. So it all kind of falls back yep, to sleep yep. anyways. And we did segue actually into the number four on the four steps was motivation, uh, a reason for you to get up in the morning. Uh, you know, hopefully you can, if it's your job, I know there was one woman, she was a farmer. Uh, and she had to get her work done. And, and, and that yeah. worked out good for her because she kept moving throughout the day to keep the farm going. And she said she was very, you know, that really helped manage her pain. Although she was still working on at the end of the day, she was, it would come back to get her. So that was part of her next step was to get that aspect of it. So it's a 24 hour relief. Sure. Um, but still it, it was a whole point. And I like what you're talking about is, you know, to be around positive people, support groups, uh, what you read, you know, find some books like by Adrian Lau and, yep. and other people who are experts or people who have written Absolutely. their success stories if they've had it, you know, if someone else did it, oh, yeah. maybe I can too. Absolutely. Gives you, that light at the end of the tunnel, so critical. Um, should we go into the, the well, no, this is the number five. We put this in because we wanted to just touch on it, uh, and that's diet. Diet. We're, we're not dietitians or nutrition experts, but we. Yes, nutrition is a, a critical component of any any health aspects anyways, but actually eating well, one of the things with fibromyalgia, maintaining a healthy body weight and, you know, things like, you know, we can get through, we can get vitamin D through food. Obviously it's going to be your sunshine vitamin sure. too. Uh, magnesium is an interesting element, but it yeah. seems to help with muscle functioning. And so it's going to be your leafy green foods, you know, it's like spinach, spinach and kale and lettuce, romaine lettuce, because it's darker. Any of the darker the greens. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Your darker greens, broccoli. I mean, there's, uh, you know, nuts, almonds, yep. you know, they're actually, there's lots of things that can be garnered, you know, legumes of any type, unless you have like certain allergies to things, sure. but we want to be mindful of that. But I think, you know, lean protein, um, you know, so you want to find things that will help because that helps with muscle restoration sure. and, and, and building, you know, bone health. A lot of times, you know, and I didn't touch on it heavily, but most people with fibromyalgia have multiple other syndromes or, or issues or disease states, whether right. it's osteoarthritis, osteopenia, rheumatoid arthritis, yeah. uh, IBS we talked about. So um, nutrition comes into play with all of those. And so if we're helping, you know, whether we're going like a gluten-free diet for some people seems to be a very effective choice. Yeah. So taking the wheat out of the equation, basically. Right. Um, so if we can do that, that seems to be very beneficial. The lean proteins, you know, whether fishes, lean beef, grass-fed beef, that type of thing. And, and I, I think this next part, we're talking about what we should eat, what we shouldn't eat. 
everyone is hearing this now, stay away from those highly processed oh, yeah. sugars. Nothing in a box. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just bad. They have lots of other chemicals in there that just aren't going to really support what your body needs. Yeah. And so when we give the body the right fuel, I think a lot of other good things happen from yeah. that. Yeah. and gives us the energy to sustain and be able to do the exercise programs, you know, so all these things are very holistic and kind of work together, yep. kind of like a big circle. Right. You take something out and all of a sudden you got a leak in your circle, so to speak, if it was holding water, right. you'd have a leak. So they're all very, very important aspects of treating fibromyalgia. And so I think it's just critical to, and it's baby steps, guys. I mean, this is not easy for anyone. And, and for the people that are naive to fibromyalgia patients, I mean, just do what you can to support them because right. I, they need your help. They need your understanding. And, you know, sometimes it's just, it's hard to relate. When you don't walk in somebody else's shoes, it's really difficult to see from another point of view. But mm -hmm. when they tell you, I hurt, you know, don't just go, ah, you're being a Sally. Yeah. Uh, you know, no offense to people named Sally. But, uh, you know, at the same time, yeah. you, you need, we need to be respectful of that and support them. And say, well, how can I help? Sure. And so exactly. just, maybe you can pick up the grocery bag for them. Or maybe you can grab the milk from the grocery store. Sure. Or, you know, just, just little things. Yep. It helps out quite a bit. Yep. And I think there's a lot of good things that we can learn. All right. Uh, so one step at a time. Don't try and tackle everything at once. Uh, look for everything you can. You're going to find ways. And all of a sudden, something will say, oh, that, that's helping. And then you get that point, And we're going to go to the next step. And uh, we really wish your success and progress one step at a time Absolutely. Uh, to get through this. So very good from uh, Brad and Chris and Bob is also along with you on this journey as well. Thank you. Thanks, guys.